Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, and joined, as always, in this new year by Eric Trexler. How are you doing, Eric? Erica, I'm doing well. This is, this is one of my th- most passionate topics here. I'm so excited <laughs> to have Katie on the line with us. Yes, yes. We have a, a great guest um, this week to uh, kind of start and kick off um, our new year. And so we have Katie Arrington, who is the CISO for the Assistant Secretary of Defense Acquisition. <laughs> that's, a hand, that's a mouthful, Katie. But thank, thank you. I appreciate so much that. You know, in the DOD, we love a good acronym. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, well, definitely. We know that. We love a good acronym. <laughs> we definitely know that. So, Katie, you've been in your position, right, about a year. Is that right? Correct? Today is my anniversary. Oh, One wow. year. Happy well, congratulations. Now, Katie, <laughs> Thank oh, it's you. Only, only a year. You're on fire. Well, I, I am. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You've been a, a little busy, right? So we know you've been. <laughs> they brought me in and they said, uh, take six weeks to figure out what you need to do. And after the sixth day, I said, can I tell you now? Because I'm ready. <laughs> we, we, time is of the essence. So no, it's been a, a, a crazy year, but um, you know, I'm, I'm where there's a will, there's a way. And there's definitely a way to get this done. And there's a need also. I can't think of a more critical project in the government. Amen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, and let's start there, Katie. So we know um, one of your primary focus areas, and it's definitely not a small task, is to develop new cybersecurity standards for contractors. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know, especially in the defense world, wow, there are a lot of contractors, large and small. So tell us just a little bit more about how you have been, um, I guess, just tackling that. I don't even know how to start, but how does one even take on such an endeavor as large as that? So understanding how big the need is makes it really easy for me, right? So our adversaries and, you know, we can start with China, then we have North Korea, Russia, you know, obviously Iran right now. Um, Their whole job is to have us not exist. And the easiest way to do that um, has been through our, our supply chain. It's the easiest way to get access to us um, because we haven't had any real, you know, and I I say real, NIST is amazing. I can't say enough about the people that work at NIST. The cybersecurity framework and the work they're doing is what you're referencing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It really is. The National Institute of Science and Technology, um, they have, you know, they have done the Lord's work in getting, you know, controls out there. The problem is, um, and, you know, President Obama back in 2014 actually signed an executive order putting the NIST 171 to life, which is, you know, the basis for our cybersecurity. And that went into most contracts um, for the DOD. And we had to have it implemented by 2017. Well, most people don't even understand what we're talking about. And it was all on self-attestation. And, you know, when I go out and I speak publicly about this, I, I make a joke about it. But no one thinks when they look in the mirror, they look bad. Right. We all think when we do a self-assessment, we think we're doing the best. We all look fantastic. But this that what has happened is we've realized, you know, because there's been this uh, we are losing how we know it's a real thing, how we know we're not as beautiful as we think we are. when We look in the mirror is that we're losing six hundred billion billion 
dollars a year in the U.S. to our adversaries. The defense budget this year was $738 billion. You are losing almost the defense budget, which is our largest spend, every year to exfils, IP theft, data loss. So we had to do something. So the self-attestation wasn't working. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, more eyes on a problem can find a solution. We needed to set up a way for companies to get assessed and to be able to say, listen, I think that you're doing a wonderful job, but you missed X, Y, and Z. We need to close those gaps up and get get you as secure as possible. So we created the CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, We are turning it over to the accreditation board actually this month in January, um, and it will start showing up in RFIs and contracts um, in the June timeframe, and it will be in RFPs in the fall of 2020. Not all. We're going to, you know, this is, you know, it takes five years to get through our acquisition cycle. So as new contracts come, we're going to start putting the CMMC requirement in. And the big thing that you can, I can say is because we are making it a requirement, security is now an allowable cost. So what we're asking companies to do to protect the data is something that the government is going to be willing to pay for. But moreover, and this is really what I want to get into a discussion with you guys is, is why are we doing this now? What's the critical need today? And, you know, I'll put it out to you guys. You know, what does quantum do? What's the number one thing quantum computing can do? So, Katie, can I just say this? Congratulations, because in, a, in such a short time frame to say it's going to be already out in RFPs, you know, this fall, like mm-hmm. that is crazy <laughs> timelines and, you know, especially sometimes on the government timeline. So, wow, that that's that's really extraordinary. And I think obviously it reiterates the need um, for something like this. How quick oh, it's able to, to roll and this And I'm out. sitting here at my desk right now and I'm looking at, you know, my timeline and, you know, I get a lot of, uh, a lot of feedback from, you know, uh, I lead a a lot of news articles and periodicals that, you know, we're moving too fast. Too fast. Yep. If, if, if I don't do it now, right. And we, we don't get something in place by 2025, you know, because as I mentioned earlier, it's a five year acquisition cycle. Most contracts are three plus two option years. So I can't put the CMMC on a contract that's already existing, right? Because then it would be, there'd be a cost associated with it. So we have to wait till the, the contract comes or the program, um, the PEO or the PM has to be able to do a mod to the contract where they'd be able to increase the, 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 uh, the, the ceiling. And, exactly. Yep. So we've got a five-year timeline. Well, in 2025, two things happen. A, 5G becomes commercially available capability, and that's a game changer. That means that our adversaries who are going into the supply chain and they're going into that small business who doesn't even know that they're a target and they're pulling low and slow. They're not pulling a lot of data at a high frequency. They're doing it very low, very slow. They're coming in on simple, easy ways, phishing emails. They're doing DDoS attacks. I mean, they, the TTPs on how they come in haven't really changed that much in the past five years. I mean, they're all the same type attacks. It's just that we are not paying attention to them as much as we should be. So 5G comes on. They don't have to worry about being low and slow. They can use blunt force trauma. And then quantum computing becomes a commercially available capability, which 
breaks basic level encryption. Now, that encryption won't be the type that is in, you know, our, our high, high value, you know, weapon systems and whatnot. But the mom and pops that are operating today, it absolutely will. Who aren't so, even encrypting their data, I guarantee it in most cases. Uh, Right. And so we're going to have this in 2025. It's if we don't get ready now, if the companies don't understand basic cyber hygiene now, by the time if they wait five years, if I don't if I don't move the needle now, it's going to be too late because our adversary, when they're in taking, you know, whether it be um, CUI, controlled unclassified information, or they're taking your own personal banking information, um, they're taking it all with them. And it's every business is susceptible. I mean, the, the thing about cyber and I when I go out and I talk to people, I ask them, tell me something in your life without cyber. And inevitably, I'll be sitting um, and somebody will say this apple in front of me. I'm like, well, how did the apple get there? Right. right. It was all cyber. And, uh, you know, I, I joke around and somebody said, well, love. And I'm like, well, I met my husband on eHarmony. So that's out. Right. I was the thinking yoga, <laughs> Katie. And, and to sign up for the yoga class, you go online. <laughs> you go online. There isn't anything that doesn't have some level of cyber on it. And, you know, I'm 49 years old. I grew up in the age of technology. I remember my first flip phone and I did not, when Al Gore created the internet, he did not realize what he was doing, right? It's a big well, he deal. certainly didn't mandate security from the beginning. No, and we just, and we didn't, and we absolutely didn't realize the impact 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And what we have to realize is that our supply chain has been there for a hundred years with us. I mean, this is not something new. Our supply chain is the best in the world, our defense supply chain. These are people and companies who absolutely want to do the absolute right thing. The problem is the NIST if you know that that standard, that 171 standard, if you're not an IT professional, it's really hard to understand. It's a different so language. The, mm -hmm. It is. So the charge of my team when we created the CMMC was first things first. I, I pray I am never the smartest person in the room and to date it has never happened. But I do look at things like if I can't understand something, then that's a problem. So I said, translate the CMMC. Take those controls, which are the right controls, and they're the same type controls that are like in the ISO standard 27001, and translate them to English so that any small business owner could understand what you're asking them to do. And that's, you know, the, the first thing about the CMMC is understanding that um, security is, is not equal for all right? You have to use your very expensive, very exquisite on what, what is important to protect. You use basic cyber hygiene on everything else because, you know, I, I, I talk about, you know, where American ingenuity and where we became the best, right? What we have is, is a delta, right? And we need just room within the delta. And the delta that I'm discussing is I need to buy down the risk. I need to buy up the uncertainty. And right now they're pretty close to touching each other because no one really understands the risk. So it's hard to buy it down. And there really isn't a tremendous amount of uncertainty because it's a, it's a known quantity. The CMMC will create a delta for businesses to function. Give them the capability to buy down the risk by getting basic cyber hygiene skills, buy up the uncertainty by working to do more than they have been doing to protect themselves. And in that delta, that's where we're the best. 
That's where this nation is the greatest nation that has ever been or ever will be. And the people supporting this national defense, that's the delta that they will succeed in. And, and the whole point of the CMMC is to, to make that delta as wide as possible. And we know that the threat will change. We know that the things that we're doing today and, you know, when quantum comes online, when 5G comes online, we need to be able to have something that we can move and be, and I, I don't like to word, use the word because I think it's overused, but agile enough to understand we need to modify the, the threat vectors and how we're protecting them. And the CMMC will be the, the tool that we use to help industry protect themselves. Now, Katie, I've seen data stating there's 300,000 or so plus defense industrial-based contractors out there. Is, is that a fairly accurate number? Yep. So we okay. have cleared defense contractors that range, you know, from 12 to 16,000, where are the ones that are getting controlled unclassified information. Then there's the whole supply chain. That's 300,000 plus companies. Absolutely. That could be people making food for the military, mm-hmm. tires. A- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, go ahead. One of the examples that I talked about when I was out um, doing the the uh, you know the, I call it the speaking tour this summer was that I had a company that came and they said, you know, ma'am, we're just landscapers. We just mow lawns on bases. Um, we don't need any cyber security. Um, we're, we're good. And I said, well, how do you bid your work? And, and the, the gentleman that I was talking with, they said, well, they send us the plans and then we work out how much square footage there is to, to mow. I said, so they're giving you the layout, the infrastructure and everything to the base? He's like, yes, ma'am. Otherwise, I'd, I'd mow over a gas line or, you know. Or I couldn't even bid said, the project. <laughs> and I just sat there for a minute. I said, so you don't think that you need any kind of cyber protection when you're getting the entire electrical layout of the natural gas, the water, and everything for a base? You understand where the fence lines are. You're showing where the guard shacks are. And he stopped for a second. He's like, okay, ma'am, I, I didn't even think about that. And I'm like, <laughs> This is everybody needs it, but it and for companies that say, you know, like, oh, it's 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 a burden too high. It's just good business sense. Right. Why would you not want to be in business with somebody, a partner with somebody who understood risk and were able to mitigate it so that we can work together, you know, work as as, as collaborative partners in a trusted environment? I mean, I just can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to say I'm, I have good cyber hygiene. I'll, I'll tell you why. As a vendor, it's not something that's inspected as part of the procurement, pro, procurement process today in most cases, right? So if you have it, it's an extra cost to your business. The fact that mm-hmm. this is going to be universally laid out to all DIB companies, defense industrial base, I think levels that playing field. You, you don't get extra points for securing your data more effectively. You just don't mm-hmm. today. And, and that's what I love about the way you're rolling this out and mandating it for everybody, it levels that playing field. And when the DOD is providing for those allowable and reimbursable costs, you're, you're essentially paying to make American suppliers more secure, which I think is And and it's, so you think about how the adversary goes about it, right? They're, they're going out there and the best way that they can defeat us is to let us defeat, you know, it's always easiest to, to let the, the demise come from within, right? So your adversary gets in, they exfil into a system and I'll just use somebody that's using, you know, an AutoCAD drawing. It's a lot easier for the adversary to modify that drawing. And when you don't have any cyber protection, on you, on your system, and you manufacture a part. 
and you're doing it to the specs that you're seeing in front of you, but the adversaries manipulated it. So it's going to take several product runs before your your partner, your your prime, figures out that there's a quality problem. They're they're going to say you're not meeting spec, and you're going to say I, I made it to spec. Meanwhile, you lose the contract and go out of business. That's a win for the adversary, right? Because and that's sabotage, not even espionage. And they're doing it now. I mean, there's a report out that they spent, I want to say, $200 billion buying up our supply chain last year. I mean, that's their goal. Oh, oh, you see yeah. articles all the time. So let me ask you a question then. You're $600 billion a year, essentially the, the defense budget. Mm-hmm. That espionage, not including sabotage, like impact to the businesses, or is it just IP theft? It's all right. So companies, the $600 billion is, you know, there's from across the U.S. how much companies are losing. Um, IP theft is big, right? But straight up espionage is another. And a lot of the, you know, there's a study out on uh, NDIA's website. They did a survey of small businesses and the survey said, you know, 74% of small businesses said they'd never been um, a victim of a cyber attack. And the thing that came to me in that immediately was like, wow, 74% just don't have any idea. Right. Um, the next war does not start in a kinetic fashion. It does not yeah, start agreed. in a kinetic fashion. Why would it? it Why should it? it? And, you know, I'm looking at, you know, today is, uh, you know, I'm looking at January 6th. I'm looking at Fifth Domain. Um, there's an article out um, written by Andrew Edfordson a couple of days ago. And the title, they're going to want bloodshed. Five ways Iran could retaliate in cyberspace. Well, absolutely. What's, you know, we, we have to understand that this, there isn't a place where you can't reach somebody in the cyber realm, right? Kinetic, if you're flying an F-35 or you have a Patriot missile or you have a, a military member holding a, a weapon, there is a, a finite amount of territory that they can cover. They, you know, the bullet can only go so far. The missile can only go so far. Cyber goes everywhere. Is it and easier to shut it's cheap and it doesn't take a whole, well, I, I would say, I wish it didn't take as, as little effort as it is, but, you know, companies don't understand. And, and my husband, bless his heart, I love him. He owns a small business. He will never make this mistake again. But he literally took a screenshot from his phone a couple of months ago. I was sitting on a Saturday afternoon. And he sends me a screenshot and he's like, babe, we can retire. And it was a phishing scheme that he had opened the email and said, dear Mr. Arrington, you've had a relative pass in the UK recently and they've named you in um, their estate. Could you please send? And I said to my husband, did you open that email? He's laughing. He's like, yeah. I'm like, babe, do you, do you not know what I do for a living? Like, you, you Come are to me. the problem. <laughs> you, is it like, you know, do, does, does the fact I've been gone for nine months mean nothing to you? It's just, that's the kind of, and he's a smart man. It's that easy for the adversary to get in. And, and once they're in. Katie, oh, um, Eric has a prince in Nigeria. It's uh, <laughs> holding a lot of cash for her also. We, we've talked about that in the past. I, I'm so glad. <laughs> you introduce me soon. This conversation with Katie, we believe, deserves two episodes. So we're going to pause it right here and please tune back next week and we'll finish this conversation with Katie Arrington. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. 
For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 